It has been said many different times in many different ways that trust is an essential component of relationships, of society, of business, and of the fabric that holds our lives together. People need to trust in each other and in the institutions that govern our society, govern our relationships, and in the companies that we do business with. But trust itself is a slippery thing. Research shows that, in fact, distrust and mistrust are on the rise, and business has an opportunity to either lead or fall behind. This is a critical topic. Here to discuss it is Abby Fink, Vice President and General Manager of HMA Public Relations. Abby, I trust you have something on your mind. <laughs> it's a pretty good bet, yeah. So a couple of things um, as we begin the show today. First, I feel it's important for us to recognize what is happening uh, in Ukraine right now and the the conversations that have kind of dominated the airwaves and certainly dominated uh, between individuals is what is happening over there and, and what that's going to mean for that part of the country and the impact that it's really going to have around the world. So I didn't want to I don't want to spend a lot of time chatting about it today, but it has certainly been um, part of a kind of a guiding conversation uh, as it relates to some of the communications efforts we're doing for clients and whether, you know, and what should we do or shouldn't we do in terms of um, recognizing the the conflict, the war, uh, what can we do to help? So I think it's it's been an interesting handful of weeks and um, coming on the heels of what is, you know, two year if we can call it an anniversary, but the two-year anniversary of the fact that COVID has been part of our vernacular now. And uh, I was reminded that, you know, this this week, two years ago, um, we did not know yet what was coming in terms of the impact that that was going to have. So it's it's been an interesting um, couple of weeks since our, our last conversation and, and, you know, what what things like trust and confidence in our elected officials and confidence in the, our business partners and, and the media in these places where, you know, where we rely on so heavily for, for information and for facts, factual information. And, you know, what is our, you know, personal beliefs and, and how those are being impacted by conversations like the war and, two-year anniversary of COVID and other, you know, challenges that have been, you know, facing us, not not necessarily because of the last two years, but really, you know, a heightened sense of what sort of worldwide discussions can do on our on our businesses and our own belief and our own trust in these institutions that we rely on so heavily. Well, you know, with both of those issues, with the COVID-19 pandemic and with the conflict in Ukraine, Russia's invasion of that country, what you think is going on depends a lot on who you trust, on who you believe, and whether you get your news from TikTok or CNN or Fox or any of the other media channels that have continued to share information, misinformation, disinformation, however you fall on your views of the media shapes your view of government, shapes your view of the economy, shapes your view of the world. So we really do have a complex and interconnected set of issues here. 
And trust is at the center of that. What you think is happening, what you think is true, who you trust, who you believe, it shapes your actions and it shapes the collective that we participate in to whatever degree that we do. So trust, let's get right into that. What is the latest research on trust? Edelman Public Relations, which is a global public relations company, annually produces uh, what they call the Edelman Trust Barometer. Um, It's been a a survey uh, that they have done since 2001, and they conduct the research typically in the fourth quarter and then release it in the first quarter of the following year. So the, the, the data that they just published would have been, you know, conducted in October, November of, of 2021, released in 2022. So some of these things, um, obviously COVID was still top of mind, but um, the uh, war, Russian and Ukraine war was not something necessarily that was at the front of the, of the line, but um, depending on where you were in the world, that was certainly something that you were you were considering. And so they take a look at what people's perception of trust are um, around the globe, not in their countries and the government and the institutions and the businesses that they do business with, and then sort of extrapolate some information that they um, create a barometer about around the concept of trust. So for example, in 2018, the United States had a trust score of 43 and was ranked 18th among 36 countries that were measured. And that increased to 49 in 2019 and then up to 12 last year in 2021's numbers report. In the 2022 report, we dropped to 43. Um, And it's still ranking high in the countries, but a a decrease in trust. And there's a lot of things that go into that, just the, the way that the data is and the numbers are crunched. But it's interesting that, you know, institutions like business and media and government are building up trust and are doing things um, around trust, but we're still not 100% sure yet um, or still that we we trust everything that's coming from the media or coming from the government um, and that those of us that you know, live our businesses in that media space, that's a pretty hard one to, to, to manage because we rely so heavily on media as an information exchange and want and believe in the power of the media. But media literacy and trust in, in the media is not where it should be for as much effort as we want to and as, and as much confidence as we want media to have. There's certainly a lot of nuance in this report, and I think a few things are worth teasing out here. One thing that is a through line through all of this is that of all the institutions, media, non-governmental organizations, nonprofits, um, government organizations and agencies and businesses, it's business that continues to be the most trusted, which is interesting. I think we should circle back to that because there's some gaps and some opportunities there that I think are important for our audience of business leaders. But what strikes me as overwhelmingly urgent is the failure of media organizations to establish trust in the face of growing 
distrust. So distrust is on the rise. We've all heard and we've discussed here how the accusations of fake news have been weaponized. And basically anybody can say that about anyone as long as it, you don't like what they said. You can just undermine the whole thing. Certainly the proliferation of social media channels has created a dis and misinformation echo chamber. Uh, and, you know, there's genuine concerns to be had about that. But legitimate media organizations, those that still uphold the principles of journalistic ethics and integrity, are not effectively reclaiming the trust that is so urgently needed in order to have a well-informed citizenry. What are your thoughts about that? Right. So the the you know the the survey says that um, you know none of the major information sources are trusted. So you know and and I think we can say that's what we might consider media, the general topic media, uh, with trust in search engines at fifty nine percent. Now, what's interesting about that is search search engine is a is a mechanism, right? If you use Google or Yahoo or Bing or any one of the others, that's the search engine. The terms that you put into that search bar to pull up the data is really then how you you get the information. So, you know, this is an interesting at 59%, you know, we have trust in search engines at 59%. Well, in part, that's past history, what I've searched for before, you know, what I tend to click on when I do find something and it's an all of an algorithm. So the, the, the number is a little bit skewed in my opinion that, that a search engine is, is a trusted information source, but followed very closely by traditional media at 57%. And then something that we've talked about before, which is owned media and social media. So owned media is content that I produce. So things that you can find if you were to go to my website or on my blog posts or even on this podcast um, is trusted at about 43% of the of the respondents ranked owned media and then social media behind at 37%. So, you know, we we rely on these sources. You know, if you ask someone, where do they get their information? I read the daily newspaper. I watch television. I, you know, scroll through, pick your social media of choice. Yet we we do these actions, but we still aren't 100% convinced that they're trustworthy, which, as you said, is a bit unsettling and an opportunity, I think, for the the business of the media to look at itself and what can we do in this industry to change that perception and can we lead in that conversation around trust and putting confidence back into the institution of media so that conversations like fake news are no longer part of what we talk about. And it goes back to something we've we discussed several episodes ago, you know, fake news when was a publication that said, you know, grandmother gives birth to an elephant and we knew that was fake news. It was made up. It was just a story to entertain. Well, now the idea of fake news is news that we don't believe in and we don't trust and we think is somewhat um, or or the individual that's sharing that news is not someone that we can trust. So this is an incredible opportunity for the industry, for the institution of media to continue to look at itself um, and those of us that work within it, 
how do we continue to ensure that the neutrality and the objectivity of of what the media stands for continues to be uh, you know held at the highest esteem now let me just push into this just a little bit further because i think there might be something here we could talk about you know i have worked as a journalist you have worked with journalists for many more decades than i was involved in the industry uh, but we both interact with lots of journalists in the course of our work. And it seems to me that journalism, the the news side of journalism, has a PR problem. So we, ha- we both know lots of folks who are working hard and not getting paid a lot of money to do it to try to talk about the truth and communicate that in their writing, in their reporting, in their TV segments, etc. And yet they're working in an environment where the audience now distrust has become the default. So people don't believe what they see anymore. You're a PR professional. If the news media was your client, which is a little bit of a silly concept, but as a thought experiment, how would you advise them to reestablish some of that lost trust, given they don't entirely control the narrative about their own work. Really, really interesting question. So let me let me frame it um, with with this, and that the first step in that is a understanding of what is news, what is news entertainment what is editorial, what is opinion, and in being able as a consumer of that product to, to understand the distinction, right? As, as, the, as the consumer of the product, we, we have to understand that. But, but also the producers of that content have to remind uh, remind us they have to they have to remind us that the, that's the the place that they're playing in so for example if you open up your daily newspaper typically within the the opening section the a section of the of the newspaper there is an opinion page that's where there are letters to the editor those are where editorials are being written by individuals who are being paid to have an opinion And that is where they belong in the newspaper. And it is clearly identified as opinion. And the letters to the editor are those of us that that write in to express our opinion. Within the context of those pages, opinions are allowed. That That is the space for them to be. The rest of the newspaper is intended to be an objective, neutral position. It, it, and that is really where at the core what what the news is supposed to be neutral and objective to put forth factual information. When you watch a television newscast on your local station, it should follow the same guidelines. It is reporting the news without opinion. If they choose to venture into an opinion, if they would like their anchor or one of their reporters to express their own view, there needs to be a distinction between, this is the newscast and this is my opinion. And I think where where the challenges have come is this melding and the blurring of the lines. And there are media outlets that are very one leaning one direction or the other. 
but we know that as we watch them or as we read them, that they they tend to have a, a, a leaning in one direction or the other, more liberal, more conservative, wherever it may fall. If you're consuming that product and only one side or the other, then you are not getting a full grasp of what the particular situation is. And we can adjust our thought process by any information that we gather. And so if I'm advising the media and recommending strategy is being out front with those distinctions and being very clear that this part of our product is intended for opinion and this is the only place that opinion will be. This part of our product is factual and this is how we gather our facts and this is how we check our facts. And we need to rely on the multiple sources for stories and and we have to no longer have a one-sided view in a particular news story. And when we can do that and when the media outlets, you know, who who practice the concept of being the watchdog for society and being that objective voice to bring forth facts, we start to trust again in that in that institution. Now, it's taken years to get to the place that we are now um, where that distrust might exist. Um, but I think with a concerted effort, you know, we can return and and look at our our colleagues in the media as as trusted and that the sources for stories are reliable and credible and have been fact checked before what they say is allowed on the airwaves or in the written word. You know, it's been said that news is that information which someone somewhere is very uncomfortable about having being shared. And the rest is PR. Now, I'm not sure that's accurate. It's cute, but I'm not sure it's exactly right. But it is kind of pointing to something that there still is at the heart of hard journalism, this commitment to the truth, speaking truth to power, exposing things that the powerful would rather have covered up, and so on and so forth. And that leads me to think that one thing that needs to also be considered is the degree to which journalism is willing to make its own audience uncomfortable. See, it seems to me that if we're just pandering to one type of audience, because that's where the money comes from, we inexorably get pulled into that trap. We start speaking only to the things that our audience already agrees with, and it creates this kind of self-reinforcing thing. And that may lead to some of the decline that, that we're talking about. If media outlets were willing to share stories that they knew even their own audience wouldn't necessarily immediately agree with, but could be convinced about through the rigors of their reporting, we might be getting somewhere. What do you think about that? I'm going to disagree to some extent because, the again, it comes from where the 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 positioning that the media outlet wants to take. So if, if and I'm not going to call anyone out in particular, a more left-leaning media outlet is going to report stories that, that uh, follow that line of thinking. The, the sources for their stories are going to come with that similar thinking and the content that they're going to produce is going to have that same mindset. That's what they have set themselves out to do. 
the the is and if if they are open and honest about that then as a consumer i have to expect that what i see on that that television station or read in that printed publication is going to have a more left leaning take if i am a smart consumer of news information and news content i also find a similar story on that topic in another publication to get a different perspective on how it's being reported. You know, there's always, you know, there's, you know, two, three, eight, 12 sides to any given story, right? It's how the the reporter packages it, the sources that they get and how it comes together, what, what quotes they pull from their interviews and such. But the, the outlet themselves, I think are responsible to us as consumers to frame their their content so we understand where it's coming from. And then as consumers, we owe it to ourselves to get information from more than one source. And we will always tend, you know, it, it, this doesn't matter if we're talking about the news or, or, you know, conversations we have with our friends. We surround ourselves with like-minded people. That's just, you know, sort of common, right? It, it, you, you, we, you and I can argue about a particular point, but our connection is that we we agree on a lot of the same things and we disagree on this a lot of the same things. And that's what builds the friendship and the trust in each other is we support each other's belief. I can disagree with you and still trust you. I can disagree with your perspective on something, but still trust you as, as someone that I appreciate and understand and I can agree to disagree with you. And where where we've I think blurred these lines in my view is that, that we, that there's, it's becoming increasingly more difficult to figure out what is news and what is opinion or entertainment. And that's a responsibility that all of us in the business need to take ownership of. The Edelman Trust Barometer surveys and measures trust indicators in 36 countries And in every single one of those countries, business has increased in trust while media and the government have lost it. That process is slow. It's not that anything has radically changed it, but it's interesting. And as we turn towards the final minutes of the show, I think we need to talk about this because for our listeners, the leaders of companies, nonprofit organizations, uh, even government agencies, there is an opportunity here to look closely at what's working in business in terms of trust building and trust maintaining and uh, some of the areas of opportunity or said another way, some of the gaps that still exist. So why do you think business has continued to increase in trust while every other institution has declined? Well, the, and I maybe I'm going to put this in term, you know, sort of in my perspective that you know business is is something that I I can understand, right? I can touch, I can feel it, I can I'm in it. I work for somebody, somebody works for me. This is something I can and can kind of grasp. And so, you know, the family owned businesses are um, amongst the highest trusted organizations. That makes sense to me, right? And whether I'm a member of the family, or I work for the family, you're interacting with the individuals who have a personal vested interest in the business and are, are, you know, are 
bringing you into the fold and are trusting you, right? If I hire someone for my family owned business, I trust you with my family and what's important to us. And so that makes some sense to me. And, you know, we, we trust our employer and we, we have high demands of our employer. And one of the other things they looked at in the survey was the importance of the businesses that we work for and the businesses that we do business with take a stand that they are vocal in society's needs and that we are an active participant in things that are happening around us. And we, we, what, you know, right. We mentioned at the top of the show about Ukraine and what can we do to help and where, what should we be doing here to help individuals there? And what are we, you know, this all sorts of conversations around financial aid and, and humanitarian aid and other things that we can do. And so we, we as a society put a lot of trust and a lot of responsibility on our businesses and our business leaders to, as someone once said to me, be an upstander, not a bystander, and and speak out about that. And when they do that, when businesses do that, and it aligns with my, you know, my personal thoughts and my personal beliefs, I I automatically have a bit more trust in that particular business. And and I think that's an important lesson for any business. And if we want to consider media and or the government as business, there's a lot to say for, um, you know, kind of watching what the private sector might be doing. But we also, the, we, we place a tremendous amount of trust in our network of individuals that we uh, connect with on a regular basis. We do that with our friends. We do that with our colleagues. We do that with our clients. We do that with our, um, you know, family, extended family. And that is the platform by which all things trustworthy start is, is those people we bring into our fold and open up and trust and have open and honest conversations and agree to disagree when we can't come together on a particular topic, but recognizing that the viewpoints of all of us and the, and the, the, the connectivity that we create is really the where that concept of trust comes in and why we should, and again, this might be a little bit um, pie in the sky, but we should be able to challenge our distrust by relying on those things and how we determine what we do trust. It's clear from the data that businesses in general Uh, Any specific company obviously can be an outlier here. But in general, business is seen as highly competent and ethical. I think part of that has to do with the fact that their motives are less murky and people just sort of understand, oh, a company with a profit motive is doing what they need to do in order to service their shareholders, their customers, et cetera. There's ways of holding businesses accountable you know, either within the market or with regulation or so on. So people generally assume that that's all working the way that it should. Technology companies stand out as uh, particularly trustworthy, which I actually find kind of interesting given what's being revealed about some of the biggest technology companies and the way in which perhaps some of that trust may have been misplaced. But that that's a story that will play out in coming weeks and months. What is interesting, and this is what our audience needs to hear, is that 
people are absolutely insisting that business leaders need to step up on social and environmental issues. 80% of the general population wants CEOs of companies to be personally visible when discussing important topics that impact public policy or the economy or things of that nature. There's never been, in my view, a clearer message that if you're worried about whether or not your customer base, your clients want you to take a stand, the answer is they do. They want you to be outspoken. They want you to have an opinion. They want you to weigh in, again, with that expertise, with that kind of rational, measured approach, and share your point of view on technology, on global warming, on wage inequality, on jobs in the economy, all these topics. They want to hear your voice. And they want to hear it consistently and openly and honestly. And even in the, if I disagree, I want to know that where, where you, my boss, my business partner stand on a particular issue so I can form a, a, a responsible and a informative opinion. And, you know, to me, we all want to trust the businesses and the institutions that we interact with on a regular basis. It is how we ensure that our society flourishes, how we ensure that we are successful, that our businesses are successful, that our um, kids have an opportunity to go and to schools and be educated and become contributing members of society that this we have to trust in the in the institutions that that allow those things to happen that that we can access and make these things happen and we we respond in different ways when we trust versus when we distrust and in order to be a successful society a flourishing society we have to continue every effort we can to ensure that we have the kind of trust that we need and the kind of trust that we want in those institutions. 